then we can start whenever. So hi, Matt. Thanks for being on. Really happy to chat with you again. Hey, Shay. Thanks for having me. No problem. So I, uh, I had a podcast idea before, and that was uh, at the tail end of 2019, and it was going to go into 2020, where I had people in my truck who were driving around having a coffee, and obviously that didn't work out, but you were my first guest on that one, and then everything kind of got kiboshed in 2020 with pretty much everything else. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm happy to have you on as my first guest again, and um, yeah, the the... the, the whole core concept of this is just talking to my friends and people whose work I admire. Um, and tell me a little bit about like what makes you tick and the work that you tick. So for anyone who doesn't know, Matt Barton is one of the guys behind the scenes at uh, Rebellion Brewing in Regina and uh, does a lot of the marketing work and social and you kind of wear a lot of hats there, don't you? Yeah, we're a small shop. So jack of all trades at all times. I formally am known as the communications manager, but it's not beneath me to go deliver beer, help package beer, you know, working on the, the canning line from time to time. But primarily, I'm working on creating the marketing and the social media materials that are going up for Rebellion. I think that's one of the craziest things, and it's not just necessarily you, but uh, Mark, who we'll, we'll get to in a little bit here, but Mark is also a guy who just goes on the canning line and does whatever needs to get done. And watching you guys step up to the plate as the management, quote unquote, you know, if you were to look at the regular hierarchy and, you know, being able to help out is, is awesome. Yeah. I mean, when you're a small business, you really don't have that choice. <laughs> uh, the beer doesn't show up if no one shows up to work. And with COVID, we've had tons of bumps where maybe somebody had to take time off for an exposure or they did get sick or we're just short bodies and so when you can step in um, it shows that you you're not above everybody else and you want to be connected to the rest of the crew and everybody just really appreciates it when you anyone can chip in um, and it's not just me helping others uh, the, a lot of ideas for the photos and memes come from our staff I'm always asking them to give me their flavor and take so it's a it's a really collaborative process with everything we do I, I hate the term family like work family when you're talking about work but i i really feel like you guys are uh, a family when it comes down to it you're, you're just such good friends you work together that way and i i think that's probably a lot with the leadership in the company culture has been something that mark has focused on from day one it a lot of the hiring decisions that were made, a lot of the team that was assembled was kind of like Nick Fury going around and saying, you have these talents and he has those talents and together you guys can pull off something great. You just have to get along. And <laughs> and we've also put in a lot of work. We've had leadership coaching and team building sessions and it's not just a video on a like a little tv back in the day where they'd put you in a room and say watch this for 30 minutes and you you've got culture like that's not culture yeah i uh i love how uh less than four minutes in you already made your first nerd reference and I, i'm not going to talk about the the board games and stuff you have behind you but i i know you're a huge nerd and and that's reflected in a lot of the stuff that you try to bring a little bit of personality <laughs> that's one of the great things about rebellion too uh we all 
get to geek out in our own way. For Mark, it's a lot about music, and he wears a lot of it on his sleeves, literally, with his tattoos. He's also been exceedingly uh, open and tolerant of failure and risk, you know, letting us try tons of different things and throwing everything at the wall and sees what sticks, um, whether that's beer or social media. Um, I think it's one of our strengths is we're willing to try new things and, and flex. And sometimes we get pie on our face, but most of the time we're learning and getting stronger every time. I, I really like that, yeah. Um, speaking of characters and strength of character, Mark being a character in himself, um, do, do you feel like you have to rein him in sometimes or is part of your success because of how out there he is? I don't have to rein Mark in. Um, he's got a pretty good sense of who he is and why he does what he does. Uh, I think some people have hard time separating the character from who Mark is as a human being, and that's okay. Um, that's if you look at WWE wrestling and you understand how Dusty Rhodes and Randy Savage and all those guys kind of operate, you'll get a deeper insight into what Mark is trying to create and do. You have to be larger than life, uh, especially when you're a small business and you're trying to make a splash when you don't have a ton of money. You want attention, you, you've got to go big and you've got to have personality. And Mark brings it. Um, from my perspective, I'm behind the camera. I, I can pick and choose the lessons that he's brought me. He's like a big brother in that sense, or a coach, he's shown me how to bring more personality to the things I'm working on or the pieces I contribute. And that kind of, that alchemy is, um, it's rare. It's hard to find. Um, I try to support his ideas or anybody else's ideas too. Um, when people come to me to try and pitch an idea, I never say no immediately. I will start with who's the audience? What are you trying to say? Really help them focus it in so they don't feel like I'm not listening. Um, it's more about will this work with the budget we have? <laughs> and sometimes it's too ambitious. We can't afford those big ideas. Other times we've been able to pull off something amazing for peanuts, you know, for pennies on the dollar. And, uh, it's just a continual process. I I really admire that sense of individuality and, and the lack of fear in being yourself. And that's one thing I try to do with whatever I do business-wise is I, 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 I spent so much time with stuffy polos and ties and suits. And I, that's just not the way of the world anymore. So I, I feel more comfortable being able to do that, I guess, since I'm the boss on, on one side of things. But because... It, 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 there are people like Mark out there who are really highly respected. Um, I, I like to think of it as like, you know, D Schneider t uh, talking in front of Congress. I, I think of that the exact same way. You know, this guy who's well-spoken has a lot of business acumen and is, is he knows what he's talking about, but doesn't necessarily look like the kind that could talk these suits under the bus. <laughs> I think that's like his own, uh, millstone that he carries around with him five years ago when we'd walk into board meetings they'd look at him in his clothes and his style and they'd be like who the hell is this guy and really i would say about 
a year and a half, two years ago, the pendulum started to swing the other direction. And they said, pay attention to the guy in the cowboy hat and the leather pants. Um, he looks weird, but he's got lots of great ideas and amazing things to say. And really what I've noticed after this uh, whole 2020 pandemic, Mark's becoming like a thought leader within our sphere, uh, specifically like beer, agritourism, uh, local activism within like community improvement, like getting crosswalks across the street or something like that. Um, the suits don't look at him anymore and say, write him off. They're like, okay, watch out. This guy, he's really, really smart. And you've got to pay attention to what he's saying because he's right a lot of the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like, I know you get a lot of good press now. I, it was probably a, a little bit of a slog and um, I, I think you're well respected amongst the people who've tried your beer. That's easy to say, but um, the the one thing that uh, is evident whenever you're on social media, not just with you guys, but everywhere, there's always going to be people talking negatively. And um, I know that you don't necessarily spend a lot of time on Reddit, but when we've had discussions, you're always on there kind of watching and monitoring and any kind of avenue where you guys are going to sh- show up on like social, you're there. So, so what do you do when you see any kind of negative press or, or negative social engagement from just general users? general users um it depends if it's direct feedback on a specific concern about the quality of the product i might reach out to them and say hey let's do some quality assurance here let's let's figure out and solve this problem maybe i can make you happy today maybe i can turn it around for you if it's really unfounded criticism and the person clearly doesn't know what they're talking about you just don't need to engage them and frankly 99% of our interaction is positive. Uh, When it comes to the media getting coverage from maybe what you might call traditional mainstream media, um, everything has been really deliberate. I used to be a journalist. That's part of my background. I understand how they think, what they need. You know, I'm always thinking about lighting and the time constraints of being a journalist where you've got to push out four to five stories in a day you don't have that kind of time to deep dive necessarily on craft beer but if i can bring you all those key points talking messages get you the photos and the video clips that just makes their job that much easier to then engage with us Um, it also means just being ready to take their call and return their email quickly people don't understand that necessarily but um when a journalist reaches out to us or somebody reaches out to us for media purposes, whether they're tourism or travel writer, it's hair on fire time. And it's like, don't make this person wait. Be professional. Get back to them as quick as possible. And what happens is when you're the first through the door in terms of engaging with these pieces, you get more coverage and you build trust and relationships. And then they can not just call you about beer, but now they're calling Mark about uh, his opinions on local things happening in the city. Um, the new agriculture stuff coming out, the, the restrictions for the pandemic. He's now seen as a trusted business leader with reasonable, good opinions about what the lockdown would do to the businesses. And what is it going to look like when we reopen or what's happening in the aluminum market for cans, you know? <laughs> so it builds up and out and i know a lot of people see journalism 
and meet the media as like the enemy or perhaps something not to be trusted, I've never treated it like that. I see journalists as like uh, society's immune system. They're the, the canary in the coal mine in the early warning system. And if you treat them with respect and like humans, and you don't automatically assume they have an agenda of malice, you can build a meaningful relationship with them. Uh, and you can then turn that into positive coverage that's not necessarily selling, but it's about being a member of a community and a responsible partner within your community. And um, it just grows from there. I, I think that's something that, you know, I'm definitely going to have you on again, but I want to <laughs> definitely touch on that on on another time frame because I think that engagement with the media or the press, um, any kind of reporters is, is something that you really need to grasp and have a really good understanding of so that, you know, it's not going to backfire on you. You know, there's always a risk of backfire, but I think people overstate the risk and are overly hostile for unfounded reasons. Well, s sorry, not necessarily. Well. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying there. What I'm thinking is people overthinking it. Um, you know, like when you're talking to a friend in high school who has never, you know, dated at all, and they're like, oh, do I call a girl back or uh, what do I do? Um, you know, she sent me a text. Do I wait the three days? Um, what do I say to her on the dates or where do I take it? You got to talk to them as normal and you can't wait. You have to engage and communicate almost immediately, as you were saying before. Transparency, man. And when you're transparent and you don't lie and you're seen as a straight shooter, um, people value that. And the people who don't value that don't matter. <laughs> they, they go away because they can't handle the heat. <laughs> so if I was to look at your Rolodex, like your, your, you know, your phone nowadays, um, you probably have amassed a lot of contacts, A, from when you were a reporter, and uh, B, just from business. Um, is that just continuously growing? And how do you keep track of all your contacts and the, the networking that you guys do? Uh, for me personally? Yeah, or, uh, or, you know, as you as a representative of Rebellion. You know, it's kind of like a collective hive mind. Um, I, I certainly have my own kind of uh, learned knowledge. I, I, what your, your question at reminds me of when I was just a cub reporter back at the Leader Post and just starting out and I didn't know anyone and I didn't know anything. <laughs> and that's after two university degrees. And I got to work with Will Shabun. And I was sitting beside him and I was like, Will, I'm working on this story and I can't find so-and-so or someone to speak to this issue. Will knew everyone. And he almost categorically knew their phone number off the top of his head. It was frightening. and. I will never achieve that or get that good. But anytime somebody jokes or talks about Rolodexes, I think of Will Shabun and how generous and kind he was to me that uh, when I was a new reporter, he would just share information with me. Oh, yeah, go call this person. Oh, yeah, this person's great about aviation or go talk to this person with uh, the police or, you know, those kinds of things. Um, for Rebellion, it's very informal. Mark has like this encyclopedic memory. And I just have pages of notes and business cards and Google. It's nothing special, nothing fancy. But you know who to reach out to, right? Um, that's, that's, I want to know how many phone numbers do you have in your head right now? You know, that you could just call without three. hitting three buttons. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was talking to my wife about this and I was saying, yeah, like I got, I got 10 because I, I do, right? I have a big family and I remember their phone numbers from back before I had a cell phone. 
And she's like, that's crazy. I, I don't even remember like my family's. <laughs> I, I think that's a thing you don't have to worry about anymore. And everyone's messaging each other on Facebook or using other apps. I'm spending my brain capacity on something else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. You only have so much knowledge in there that you could retain. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm drinking some coffee just to keep my uh, my throat wet, but I actually have a resilience beer. And I'm not going to make an, uh, a habit of this drinking on the podcast, but when in Rome uh, talking to you, I, I've been on your podcast several times, and I would like you to tell me a little bit about this while I crack it open and have some. I've had it before. It's not like I'm doing it dry test run i'm drinking it because i i really enjoy this one sure so resilience beer was born out of the saskatchewan craft brewers association and what that is is basically a group of all the brewers in saskatchewan who've come together to say hey we've got something really special going on but we need a kind of singular voice to talk to stakeholders and government tourism agencies stuff like that when they've got very specific issues they want to talk about um, from something as simple as can we have growlers you know back in the day five six years ago growlers weren't allowed and we had to lobby as a group and it was kind of out of that that scba was born so each year the brewers all come together in the spirit of kind of homebrew collaboration and they brew a beer together and this was rebellion's turn to host so we said, summer's coming, it's going to be warm, everybody's going to be ready to hit the patios after a crappy long COVID winter of lockdowns. And they said, let's make it wheat, because wheat is symbolic of Saskatchewan, let's throw in some oats to make it creamy. And it's got this really nice citrus character to it, really crushable, and probably our most positive, biggest release of 2021 so far. I mean, we got a lot of year left, but the, the reviews have been amazing. And uh, my wife was even like, you guys just need to brew this year round. And I, I tell people, we just, it's just one and done. So uh, get it while you can. But uh, man, it's just a great beer. I, it's tough to find ones that I don't like. Obviously, I have a, my own palate, my own tastes. Um, and, and it's not as refined as you know normal would be. So I, I like what I like and I enjoy your sours. And I, I enjoy the wheat beers you guys bring out as well. So Very infrequently, uh, uh, we don't do that many wheat beers. I think uh, we started off with the Belgian wit. Maybe we've done two or three since then. But So this is kind of rare and special. It's not something we're offering all the time. Well, and how, how long are you guys going to have this in? Because obviously I'm going to include some show notes and you know information of where people can find you, Rebellion, and all that. It's out and about across Saskatchewan, but I would say it's only going to be sticking around for maybe the next three or four weeks uh, we've sold out of our inventory in terms of our wholesale capacity and i think they said the tap room is almost sold out like it went fast um, people were really excited our social media exploded for 48 hours my phone was just vibrating because people were posting pictures and tagging us and just going crazy for it they just loved it so it's not here for a long time i think you have a a community of uh, fans, I guess you could say, around you that love anything you guys do and they recognize so something in Rebellion that makes them want to come back. So I, um, that, that's another thing that you guys are just kicking ass at. I, you don't control your fans, right? Um, 
you you put something out there and you hope for the best and Saskatchewan's really special because we're a small community all the brewers know each other on a first name basis and when we have the craft beer festivals or something like that people can come see me at the tap room sitting around the bar having a pint um when we reopen after this covid nonsense is done uh, people are still coming up to me and they're going to be saying hey matt how's it going i i think it's neat they they get to know me on a first name basis and that's deliberate we want people to know who mark is and who our staff are and to say hey you're not just some faceless corporation you're you're a part of our community you care about the potholes the same thing same way we do you care about whether the schools are nice um, <laughs> you know it's 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 not a grift it's it's very deliberate and thoughtful and we're really focused on doing some great stuff with the community and not just um wanting to be slick and exploitive um i hope that when people come away from rebellion they don't just say that's a, the best beer i've ever tasted but uh they can feel the magic and the energy of the community and culture i i really am sad that people can't visit our disney world which is the tap room right <laughs> now um in the next couple weeks and months when we're reopening um they'll get to come back and hopefully that energy comes back cuz it's uh i'm just i've missed a lot of people i've missed a lot of friends who like you i just get to facebook message a little bit and send a couple beer pictures to um but there's something special about sitting around the horseshoe at the bar mm-hmm. and just shooting the breeze yeah trying new beers is the other thing like i'll go in there and jasmine or you will be there saying try this one this is new and it'll be a, a limited time or it'll be uh something that uh, you know I'll like because you know what I drink. You know, anytime there's a sour, I get a text or a message and, hey, come try this now or there's a limited run, come grab it. <laughs> right. I, I appreciate that too. Um, and yeah, I, I will. I'll always grab it. I'll always pick up way more than I intend to go in for, <laughs> which I think is the uh, the draw of the tap room. You know, you have this the couple of fridges there and um, you bring some growlers in. So uh, which growlers are, are coming back now, right? You're able to do those? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We only stopped filling growlers for about a month. But once the kind of the health regulations and the updates and the information about the virus um, became more developed, we were able to open up our growlers. And uh, it's just been working. It's been great. Um, one other thing I wanted to touch on, too. You said um, Saskatchewan's a great place to have that community and that fan base. You guys have expanded out into alberta correct in a very uh small limited way yes um as you know there are tons of saskatchewan people in alberta including you know half of my family um they've moved from saskatchewan to alberta drawn by oil and economics and grandbabies and stuff they they want to be together and um so albertans have been very vocal they've said when are we going to get rebellion we've consistently told them uh, we have no current plans <laughs> no so, current plans <laughs> so have you seen that in your analytics or just general fan base of uh, more people engaging with you out of alberta the alberta stuff well, since we've launched has been insane um we used to get emails every week like i i mined our inbox and i monitor all our social media every single week we would get requests from alberta um, I would say maybe a few times a month we get requests from BC 
And Albertans just have a really aggressive craft beer culture. They're really excited about what's going on. And I think a lot of those Sask expats, they want a taste of home. And when they see us doing something that's that's really killer, they're really interested in picking it up. And um, for anyone who's curious, when we launched into Alberta, we said, okay, the first round will go quick because everybody just wants to try something new. They're just excited to try that Zilla, the Hazy, the, the, the beer geeks will be into it. They'll get it. The real test is, will they buy it a second time? And we all, we just held our breath and we had no expectations. I was like, lower your expectations because Alberta is a tough, competitive beer market. And the reorders are coming fast. And they're, they're blowing out the stock really, really quickly. And they're, they're, they're saying, send us more. And we're like, uh, we can't. That's, <laughs> we got to brew more first. That's awesome to hear. All, uh, the market here is growing. Yeah. Um, it might get to the point where we can't distribute into Alberta anymore because Saskatchewan is just so thirsty for our product. And I think, I think that will be the case where um, when the pandemic is over and the restaurants reopen, we're going to see a huge upswing uh, in support local. Um, to, to kind of dive into deeper on that, I think the pandemic really woke people up to what support local means Mm -hmm. and not just that hollow phrase but the real what are the things we value and what do we want to see in our food and our drink going forward and the people are now telling us they want to support local they're like should i go to the liquor store or should i just come directly to the tap room what's better for you and it's like for me i'm like do what's best for you do what's easiest but thank you for the support and thank you for thinking of coming straight to us whatever you can think to to you know help help you guys out just the thought that counts right and they're so excited and you feel the energy and it's it's really funny is mark's been doing a lot of these meetings with these uh really stuffy suit guys you know board tables and business suits and he's like they won't focus on the meeting they just want to talk about beer and how excited they are about craft beer (laughs) he's like something's changed in the culture of Saskatchewan. People are awake and they're, they're into it now. They get it. So it's, it's really cool to see how that switch flipped. I, I thought it was going to happen. I was feeling it in like January, 2021. I was like, something magical is about to occur. And then the pandemic happened. Right. Yeah. But I'm like, the, the fire never went out. The embers are still hot. And now we're just going to blow on them and we're going to create this huge, blaze of interest in craft well, it's, it's it's great to see the support that you guys have had and continue to have and i have no doubt that that's going to just be a perpetual thing for you so and from me and from a lot of people that i know uh from the greater community as a whole my brother-in-law who you know is the the cores drinker you know never drank anything other than a light beer they can get over the counter at uh <laughs> whatever nightclubs we had back in the day he uh he was like, I think I'm going to start drinking more craft beer. Like, tell me about Rebellion. And I'm like, just go try some. And he's picked up a couple every once in a while. And even though it's not what he primarily drinks, he's putting that in between. You know, he's picking up uh, a couple cans here and there. I've, I've got him a growler um, that I don't know if he's refilled, but I'll, uh, I'll kick his ass to so make sure he does. <laughs> We've When we started out, it was like a big middle finger to the man. 
you know, it was uh, we're here doing our own thing and hence the name down the door. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we rebelling against the way it used to be. Um, we're, we're past that stage of this now. Um, so we, we took a look and we said, what can we do to introduce and get people excited who are not necessarily traditionally going to go for a Zilla, going to go for a big face melting IPA. They want something that's high quality, but also very accessible. And that's why we launched beer exclamation point. <laughs> yeah. We, we uh, pronounce it like the Sega commercial beer you know, really fast. <laughs> and uh, it's a Kolsch light, crisp, easy drinking, super crushable for summer. And, uh, we, you never know, right? Like people might just be like, you guys are too weird. And instead people have just gone bonkers, bananas, crazy for it. Um, Zoll and Vanessa, this is a secret, by the way, uh, <laughs> Zoll and Vanessa secretly added more batches to the brew schedule. Uh, like they had their big meeting with all of us and Mark said, okay, brew this many. And then they went together they put their heads together and they said, this is not going to be enough. We need more. So they secretly brewed more, and then the, you know, as soon as it happened in March, I said, "Okay, we get our social media posts out, media, everything was going, and we sold out a beer and ran out and like, <laughs> ran out for like four days." <laughs> it was that's like, nutty. Oops. <laughs> and that, that's <laughs> even you... with the extended from uh, Zoll and Vanessa, your brewmasters. Um, for anybody that doesn't know, um, yeah. I, uh, so I, I, I think we could probably geek out forever. It's the same as when I'm on your show or same when I'm at the tap room. Uh, I, I do want to touch on one more thing before I let you go though. Um, so this podcast is partially something that I, I took from what you guys do. Um, you were very encouraging to help me out with whatever, you know, the sound stuff or video stuff, anything that I had questions on, which is great. Um, and, uh, I just want to talk about your podcast a little more. And how sure. effective it is, because I've told you before that you have a website that's almost as strong as Molson Canada when you're looking at some of the back end uh, metrics that we would use to measure SEO. And part of that is the content that you do, because you do awesome, consistent content that keeps people engaged. And that in itself is something that grows the strength of your website, not just your brand. Um, so, you know, give me a little feedback on your podcast and. How, how that's been over the years. Well, we we're in season three. I'm about to begin editing episode 160. So that's a, a lot of effort and time. It started out of an idea that I wanted to scratch that journalism itch. And I also wanted to serve the needs of creating and nurturing craft beer community. I wanted to create a show for beer geeks but that was also accessible to regular people. I didn't want to talk over their heads and get super crazy technical about like Saccharomyces and Pediococcus and yeast attenuation. Those kinds of topics kind of dry eyeballs. It was more about, I'm really excited to share this beer with you and give a taste of that taproom experience to the listeners. The other piece was, let's bring in really interesting people from our community not just beer people but others who might have a connection to beer and that includes academics musicians scientists uh, chefs lots of chefs come on the show because food is so important to beer and um, we have a core dedicated audience um, 
you know, I would say it's like a hundred people never ever miss a single episode. And then you have it spider out from there. For us, uh, I would love to have 10,000 listeners per episode. I don't think that's realistic when you're narrow casting. Mm-hmm. You're serving a very niche audience. But as a business, uh, one of the things that we realized that came from it was that networking piece or getting to spend time with people in our community in a real deep dive and giving them attention and nourishment, listening to them and learning. And from those interviews, we've been able to create music festivals and special events. We've done special beers, uh, all sorts of fermentation of ideas and collaborations have come out of it. And just because they came on and spent 30 minutes with me on the podcast, um, give you an example, we have a really special beer coming up this fall at not yet uh, announced, but it's going to be a collaboration with Flamingo. And Flamingo, as you know, is a comedian and a drag queen. Hmm. And she's fundraising for Lulu's Lodge. And Lulu's Lodge is a safe space for kids who have been kicked out of their homes. Uh, LGBTQ2S alphabet people who identify as non-cishet who need a safe place to go. Mm-hmm. And how do you incorporate beer into that? We don't know. But we figured it out with Flow, and we, so we've got this sparkly purple beer that turns pink, and it looks like a swirling galaxy. And F- Flow's super excited and just jacked to get this thing going. And none of that would have happened. None of none of that knowledge would have exchanged if we hadn't had the podcast. So it's it's not just about selling to people the idea of beer. It's turned into we're building a community and relationships with our guests and that's been really valuable and it's hard to put a dollar value on that but it's paid off in in spades and i think once mark and i kind of realized that we were able to explain that to the other people in the business and they said okay you put a lot of hours you put a lot of time into this podcast how do you rationalize it that's how well, so that's um, a long-winded answer. No, no, no. It's uh, it's it's great. I like. I'd, I'd love for you to talk about it more because it is something that's hard to rationalize for anyone who's kind of looking at the top dollar. But it, I definitely recognize it as a digital marketer of content is king, man. You want more content that's engaging that people want to listen to, that's collaborative with other people, and and you guys are just killing it. So, um, oh, thanks. Man. And and I appreciate having the chance to be on the podcast, and I appreciate you taking the time to help me with this one and being my first guest. Like that was, that was very important that you were the, the first guest here. And uh, I hope to have you on a couple more times as well. More than a couple. Oh, maybe. Cheers, dude. Hopefully next time we can do it in person and have a beer. I'm um, still waiting on my second shot. So yeah. Oh, and, and you know, that's uh, one thing I, I, I do want to kind of bring back the uh, GoPro in the truck. And I think it's fun just to drive around and shoot the shit, having a coffee, definitely not a beer when you're driving, but. <laughs> um yeah no so um i guess to uh run things out um where can people find you or rebellion or you know plug something that's important to you plug something that's important to me um i would assume if people are already listening to this podcast they know about rebellion but if they don't it's rebellion brewing co or red brew co on basically all our social media platforms we've got some really awesome stuff happening this summer with the hop circuit 
So if you grab one of the hop circuit maps, you can get a stamp after you purchase a pint at every single brewery. And then you get a special experience Regina glassware piece that has really sick art. We've got brand new t-shirts for experience Regina. And uh, we're going to be launching a petition to try to get a Deadpool statue downtown to yes. replace the, the statue that got taken down this summer. We just thought it would be a little bit more fun and cheeky and irreverent to yeah. have a Deadpool statue. So stay tuned for that. That's amazing, man. Well, hey, thanks again for being on and uh, look forward to seeing what you guys have going in the future. Cheers, brother. Thanks.